Do you like to play games or solve puzzles? Chances are pretty good that you do. After all, what is programming and software development but one really elaborate puzzle? On this episode of Talk Python to Me, you'll meet someone who has pushed this idea of programming as a game to its logical conclusion. Alexander Leibach is the creator of Check.io and Empire of Code. Check.io is a programming adventure game where you solve puzzles and share them with fellow players. Empire of Code is a tower defense game where part of the strategy is to actually program the AI in Python. This is Talk Python to Me, episode 75, recorded September 8th, 2016. I'm a developer in many senses of the word Cause I make these applications But I also use these verbs to make this music I construct it line by line Just like when I'm coding another software design In both cases, it's about design patterns Anyone can get the job done, it's the execution that matters I have many interests, sometimes it can Welcome to Talk Python to Me, a weekly podcast on Python The language, the libraries, the ecosystem, and the personalities this is your host, Michael Kennedy. Follow me on Twitter where I'm at mkennedy. Keep up with the show and listen to past episodes at talkpython.fm and follow the show on Twitter via at talkpython. This episode is brought to you by Hired and SnapCI. Thank them for supporting the show on Twitter via at hired underscore HQ and at snap underscore CI. Hey everyone, thanks for listening as always. Before we get to the interview with Alex, I want to give you a heads up on something I've created just for you listeners. Near the end of this episode, I speak with Alex about the class management and group management features in the game, in Check.io. So I've decided to create a class that consists of all podcast listeners. If you want to group up with your fellow listeners and do some of these puzzles, you can use the following link to join up and share your updates and solutions. Just go to py.checkio.org slash group slash talk dash python dash listeners create an account or log in, and then say you want to join the class. You can, of course, find that link in the show notes as well. If you're a teacher yourself, keep an ear open to the end of the show about how you can do this for your own classes, whether that's university, high school, or middle school courses. Now, let's talk to Alex. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, it's great to be here and big honor for me. Thank you. Oh, it's, it's my honor to have you. I really appreciate you coming here. We are going to talk about programming and games and some really interesting stuff that you guys have built over at checkio.org. Yeah, I love to talk about it. I bet that's that's your baby, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so before we get to um, talking about that, let's hear your story. How did you get into programming in Python? Yeah, that was a long time ago, the high school. So I remember before that I was using my father's computer only for games. So I was big gamer, but at that time my friends come in and show me his first code. It was a Pascal. And I was so much amazed how easy it is, how, what a cool things I can do by coding. And I started taking coding class with him. So yes, it was the Pascal a long time ago. And then Later on in my university, it was Delphi, then PHP, Perl, and then Python. And I stay with Python for a long time already. I love it. Yeah, Python's really nice. It definitely has some improvements on those other languages that that you mentioned. But it also the community is so excellent, right? It, it's really fun to work with the people who like Python, not just the technology. Yeah, I remember myself starting actually the Python. So when I was my first programming job actually was 
Perl developer in a bank. So, and when I first time I saw Python's piece of code, I was amazed how beautiful it is. Is it actually a really code? Like, if it, it can be a poem or like a song, but it's not a code because like before I was coding Perl for four years and <laughs> it was so beautiful. I was so amazed at that time. So I started doing some, start learning Python after work and eventually quit my job and start doing Python freelancing. That's cool. And was that like web development or what kind of apps were you building? Web development. Yeah. It's Python, Django. Okay. With Django. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. I remember Django when it was, remember new forums, like with this transaction, still my favorite framework. You've moved on to building something that is actually a pretty incredible web app, I must say, a couple of incredible web apps, I guess, and a whole interesting world here that brings all the stuff that you talked about, more or less, together And at, at Check.io. Tell us, what is Check.io? So, back to the time when I just started learning Python, I think the first line of code was written when during my first year of learning Python. So at the time, as I said, I was so much amazed how beautiful Python is. And I thought it should be a gallery. It should be a gallery of different Python solutions since it's so beautiful. And if I, if I create a new solution, I should share it somehow. I should show it and I should go through all other solutions and see how everybody else solved this, this particular puzzle. So this is why I created Check.io and later on I have more people join the team. But yeah, the first version of Checker wasn't that beautiful, but the core idea is still from the very beginning to the version that we have right now is that you should solve the puzzle and you can share solution if you want, but after you solve the puzzle, you can see solution of other users. You can discuss their solution. There are several categories for the solution, like clear code, creative code, speedy code. And uh, I love this feeling, you know, when you spending like, like five, five hours in a row trying to figure out how to solve this, this mission, this puzzle. And later on, when you solve it, and maybe even you share your solution and then get into solution of other users and you like amazed. Oh my God, it's possible to solve in two lines. I can believe. And why I didn't figure out this later. And I think this is the perfect learning curve. Like when you trying to figure out it by yourself, then see how some other users solved it. And again and again, I think so. I know a lot of people who become a Python developers, very good Python developers through the checker in that way, that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. So maybe I should just try to give like a, a visual description of the, the experience. <laughs> yeah. So you come in and you create an account and then you land in this world of floating islands and it has this very 3D feel with animations and stuff, even though it's in a, a flat web page, you know, it doesn't, it's not like a flash game. It's HTML5 or something like this. Yeah. 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 yeah with canvas and whatnot. Cool. And so you have these worlds, and each world represents a set of similar programming puzzles. Did you ever play the game Myst, M-Y-S-T? 
one of these super beautiful but puzzle-oriented games. And it, it feels like a little bit like that for code. Like you go to these different parts of the world and yeah. and, and you go in and, and you get these different puzzles, right? Yeah, yeah. By solving those puzzles on each island, eventually you can get more island open around this island and you can explore more and more more island around. Yeah, it's it's quite neat. I think, you know, you go into these these puzzles and I guess well, there's probably five five to 20 puzzles per little island and you go in there and they're ranked in levels of difficulty and categories so some are like data structures and some are uh, finding bugs or things like that right and you also have a difficulty level actually we are all the time we're trying to experimenting with different kind of puzzles so in some part of checker world you can find like mission like you said you just need to fix the bug on the solution, so we actually give you a solution. It's almost working. There are some, but some there are some tests or that doesn't work. So your mission here to fix those bugs. There are some other missions that you actually don't share your solution, but you can get more points for these solutions. Depends on the rules. So for instance, we can ask you, try to solve this puzzle in a short way possible. So your solution should be as short as possible. It's called a coding golf puzzles. And after you solve, you can see how short solution of other users. And you think, oh my God, I think it's, I'm like spending all night and get 50 symbols and someone find out how to make it in 12. I can believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing. And like you said, you can, you basically, you write the solution and it's, it's run by the system. And we could talk about how you write your solution and all that in, in, in a moment. But you write some Python code that solves the problem under the conditions, the inputs and the outputs that you're supposed to, which usually they're pretty self contained. It's not too elaborate. So, but they are kind of tricky in, in some interesting way. And then, once you're done, you can categorize your solution if you want to share it, if you want to publish it, as, like you said, like really concise, really efficient. You can just leave it and say, I have no idea how, what you would call this, but it works, <laughs> things like that. And it reminds me, you know, you can go through the solutions and you can see other people's solutions. And, and my feeling is it's a little bit like the Mark Twain quote that says, I'm sorry I wrote you a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a short one. You know, that, that kind of thing, like, <laughs> like I go through and I solve it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this will totally do it. And then you flip the next line and it's like, filter this, did it at one line. You're like, whoa, <laughs> okay. It also, I yeah. think it, it's really interesting in that it, it sort of touches on this concept of Pythonic code by looking yeah. at the solutions, right? Yeah. So in the new Python release, we are trying to test this new idea. So we actually put, so mission has three stages. So in the first stage, it's the collect modes. If you see solution of others, you should share your solution first, no matter what. So let's collecting more, collecting mode. Then, so viewing mode. So you might not uh, share your solution, but you should definitely solve this no matter what. And then you can go and see leaderboard of other user solution, review their solutions, so on and so on. So usually what you see right now. But we may see some other checker users. We are trying to figure out out of all the solutions, we pick some solutions that we think are the most different 
it might be not that it's it might be not as perfect as it should be, but they are definitely unique in the whole specter of solutions. Okay, that's interesting. So you try to provide like a variety of answers to people? Yes, yes, yes. So you all the time you see when you check editors' solutions, you see only different and only unique solutions that we find in Checker. So this is the third stage of each mission. It is really interesting. So I learned a lot when I solved some of the problems and published it. And I realized that there were biases in the solutions I was creating. And I didn't, I didn't realize they were biases. Like, for example, on, on one of them that I was working on, I was trying to do stuff what I felt like was the most efficient way, mm -hmm. uh, not in lines of code, but what I thought would be like the most efficient algorithm for like maybe large data sets or whatever. And that okay. resulted in, I don't know, maybe eight lines of code. And then other people were doing the answers with like a list comprehension in one line. But I'm like, oh, but that's going to be way slower. But, you know, uh, I yeah. guess it depends on what you're what you're aiming for, right? Like if you're aiming for super readable and you know you're not working with, you know, 100,000 lines of data, uh, data unless you're working with 500, then, you know, probably that solution is way better. And so it just, I thought it was interesting that it brought out little biases that I had in, in ways of approaching problems that I didn't, it's not like I started out to say, oh, this will be way more efficient if I do it this way. So let me try this. It's just, that's the way I started writing the code. And so that was really interesting. Yeah. This is why we created categories mm -hmm. for the solution. Depends on your, what is your aim to, what was your goal while, while you created this solution. Some of the people just love to create crazy solution, like one liners or <laughs> just, try to make it as like as confusing as possible i would say so we have one one of the most famous user on check veki and i want just to say hi to him if he i'm sure he's listening to this podcast so he has the most biggest amount of followers in the game and he is he loved to create the most crazy solution. So I think the creative category we created just specifically for Veki. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> for those unique people who love to create some unique solution, we create a creative and they're competing with each other in creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah that's, some, that's, yeah. I think it really does bring out a lot of, a lot of interesting stuff. Would you say, it seems to me like, tell me if I have the right uh, sort of feeling. I did start at the beginning, so I kind of feel like I can at least guess at this, that Check.io is really good for people that know something about programming. But in yeah. order, in order yeah. to do it, you, you kind of need to know a little bit, a little, almost a little tiny bit of Python rules, right? Like how to define code yes. blocks or suites and how to perform... Uh, conditionals and so it's it's not like i'm bored with my job in finance and i've never touched a line of code but i want to come learn it you got to be a little bit into programming yes i do have this question a lot why why we are not teaching python and i do have a lot of questions like this well you are teaching python you're just not teaching zero to like the very first step yes, this is what i love yeah yeah so we are not teaching like you said we are not teaching from zero to some point. So I do believe that in internet out there, there are so many places where you can learn how to code, but there are so few places where you can actually learn how to create, uh, how to produce a code with a good quality and 
Yeah, and I believe that Cheko is one of those places. So this is our goal to not maybe to teach you how to code, but teach you how to create a good coding solutions. Yeah. I think that that's, that's correct. You're right. There are so many places to learn to code these days. If you're kind of like a career switcher, I kind of think of people as a, they're like, I know that I want to get into programming. I have no idea what that means. Like that, that level there, you probably got to start somewhere else. But I heard someone say, one of my listeners suggested that I, I reach out to you again and we get this show put together. And I, sorry, I don't remember who it was, but thanks for you know, uh, contacting me on Twitter. And they said, look, you guys really have it right. You have it so that you want to just keep learning and you want to make learning the code addictive and fun. And I think that's a way more important service than teaching people what a variable is or what a string is or, you know, what an if, the concept of an if statement, for example. Yeah, this is actually one of the reasons why a lot of teachers and in a lot of university teachers recommend us as an additional way to learn coding. So because we don't we don't provide any learning materials or something like that, we probably we don't have any conflicts with what they are teaching. We just give them an additional way to learn. So if you are right now, if you are learning how to code and uh, even from zero, you should definitely start practicing right from the very first day and you should learn, you should find some places to do it and check out, think it's the perfect place to do it. Yeah, it's definitely a good place to start because often people start wanting to code because they've got some grand idea, but the grand idea is, it can be so overwhelming because you don't even know where to start. But Czechio, the, the missions are sufficiently self-contained that it, it doesn't feel like, oh, there's no way I can get, like, where do I even start, right? You can get started and it, it's, it's pretty structured. So I think it is a great place to learn. Let's talk about the experience of doing the exercises. Okay. I go to my little island, which like I said, is beautiful. It's got little clouds and stuff. And I, I pick my challenge. Uh, my puzzle, and then it takes me to an online editor, right? We have online editor, and actually, at the same time with online editor, we also have web plugins, and uh, with those web plugins that you can install in your Chrome browser or Firefox, you can use your local editor, actually. So you don't need to actually, if you are start doing some big solution or working on a big problem on Checker, you most of the time, use your local editor. So we give you this opportunity to use your local editor, and then you just open the checker and you see your code right from your local editor in our web editor. Oh, okay. That's awesome. So like if I'm using PyCharm or Sublime Text or something like that, I can just sort of down, download it, and somehow the, the web plugin keeps my local version and my, my Czech.io version in sync? Yes, yes, yes. We are synchronized of both of those solutions. So right after you make some changes in your in our web version of Checkio, this goes to your local editor as well. So it's very easy for you to to solve and and actually since you mentioned PyCharm, we also partnering with PyCharm and also and the whole partnership starts with PyCharm education. So we have this PyCharm has a plugin for PyCharm education and using those plugins, you actually can solve puzzle actually by using PyCharm. So the whole checker interface, those 
mission description, the island structure, animation, and it all goes to right in your PyCharm editor. And you can solve coding puzzles right from there. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So I didn't realize that you guys integrated with PyCharm Education Edition. So people have heard me go on and on about how I like PyCharm as a, like a proper editor, but they have an alternate version for education that has these like lessons built into it. And so you guys have integrated with those lessons in some way? Yeah, they have an, this ability to create plugins for the PyCharm Education. And right when I figure out that PyCharm, my favorite editor, create the educational version and i was it's so crazy i should find a way to be part of this and yeah i contact with them we start doing those plugin and eventually yes the plugin was released and we both happy that's nice i'm gonna have to check that out now so yeah and uh, one more unique idea for checker editor that we are using and user love it is that for some of the mission, we create this triad panel. So let me tell you the idea. So we wanted to present the solution you are trying to solve with some interface. So we create for almost each coding puzzle, we create some interface. For instance, if you need to find all the unique symbols in a piece of text, right? Uh, we give you this text input and you can put your text in this input and then click tests and it gives you the result what symbols were unique in this particular uh, text and for in order to get the result those interface actually using your code the code that you have written in the editor and for instance one other mission that one of my favorite is open labyrinth and there you have actually the whole labyrinth created. And the idea for puzzle is to find a way to get out of the labyrinth. And in this interface, you can create your own labyrinths. After clicking solve, you see how some arrow, small, tiny arrow, trying to get find a way out of the labyrinth by using actually the program that you created. So in such a way, we're trying to show you that every piece of code has an interface that probably going to use your code. It's not just this boring function or boring right. piece of code. Take these numbers so, or turn those numbers, but something more, more advanced, yeah. huh? Yes, yes. This portion of Talk Python to Me is brought to you by Hired. Hired is the platform for top Python developer jobs. Create your profile and instantly get access to 3,500 companies who will work to compete with you. Take it from one of Hired's users who recently got a job and said, I had my first offer on Thursday after going live on Monday, and I ended up getting eight offers in total. I've worked with recruiters in the past, but they've always been pretty hit and miss. I tried LinkedIn, but I found Hired to be the best. I really like knowing the salary up front. Privacy was also a huge seller for me. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? Well, wait until you hear about the signing bonus. Everyone who accepts a job from Hired gets a $1,000 signing bonus. And as TalkPython listeners, it gets way sweeter. Use the link Hired.com slash TalkPython to me and Hired will double the signing bonus to $2,000. Opportunities knocking. Visit Hired.com slash TalkPython to me and answer the door. 
So the editor is really cool. And the fact that you integrate with the local editors, I think is even better. And I noticed that at the top, it says you can import some modules or create additional functions or things like that or, or classes or whatever. Mm, yeah, we have a set of set of modules that we allow you to import. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, sure, you, surely pretty much the standard library for the most part. But then are there external open source ones as well? A lot of user asked to add SciPy. Mm-hmm. Sure, some of the machine learning stuff maybe, yeah. And NumPy. So we integrated all of those modules for them and even for Python version. For Python, we created the specific category for those solution. We call it third-party solution. And if you are using those kind of modules, we encourage you to share your solution in those categories. So okay. for those categories, you can check solution that are using those modules. Oh, that's really cool. Now, another thing that I see up at the top that is it makes me smile is <laughs> in this editor, and if... If you've ever used something like JS Fiddle, it's a little bit like that with multiple panes and so on, if you haven't checked it out, is it has sort of navigation. And one of the dropdowns at the top is it says, I can pick my Python version. And I could pick Python 2.7, but the one that I have active is actually Python 3.6 Alpha 3. (laughs) That's, or A3, that's that's pretty awesome that you guys are like running such a a new version of Python 3. Yeah, we are trying to keep Python version as fresh as possible, so users of Checkio can play with the freshest Python version as early as possible and show some awesome solutions with new cool Python features that are coming out soon. So yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. So if you want to say, look, I'm going to demonstrate how much easier this problem is to solve in Python 3.6 than it was in three, four or something. You can do that, right? Yeah. 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 How awesome. Okay. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. So once I get my solution and I write it and there's, you know, I can play around with it, my my console or my local editor, I mean the, the online terminal console or my local editor. And then once it passes, it gives me a couple of options, right? I can basically just save it or I I can publish it and share it with the world, right? As I said, this is what the first, very first idea of Checo, the core idea of sharing code solution with other users. So this is where you can share your code, pick a category, in which category actually you want to share your code. It can be a clear solution if you think this is the code the most appropriate for actually production code. Uh, This can be creative solution, like one-liners, some crazy ideas, some funny solutions. It can be speedy when you're focusing, so no matter how clear it is, I only want to create the solution as fast as possible. And as I mentioned just earlier, third-party solution, when you're just using some additional modules. And we also have uncategorized when you're not sure which category you want to share, you just want to share this solution. Maybe later on you want to share with your friends as well. So we create this category for you as well. So, yes. And after you share or maybe after you solve, you can get into solution of other users. So this is actually where all the magic happens. You actually can see solution of others 
upvote, downvote solutions. You can make code reviews, and sometimes we have so crazy code reviews, very details, like every line, why it's good, why it's bad. And yeah, very educational part of Checker is actually inside of these solutions sharing. And you can actually follow some of the people, some of the people on Checker, and you can filter all the solution by only people you follow. So it's easy for you to find your favorite solution. Yeah, that's cool. Like you've got like an activity sort of stream of stream of activity on there. It'll show you like these, this is the activity around the various puzzles you've solved or you can follow people and things like that, right? One of the earliest feature as well, somehow it become naturally. Like if I very love what some of the user is doing, I want to follow him. I want to know first what other solution this guy have made and what code reviews he's doing, which solution he likes and don't like. And that's why we created this activity. So you can follow your friends, maybe your classmates, maybe your teacher actually, or maybe just a random guy who just using like Vicky. Yeah. That's cool. So if I'm like, so the other thing I can do once I publish it is I can start cycling through similar uh, solutions that are either similar or different than mine. And maybe I find one that's like, oh, that is so much more clever than what I had done. Maybe you could follow that person and just see what they're up to, right? Yeah. We actually, in activity line, we actually can propose you some of the users to follow. Depends on maybe you have some intersection with this user during the game, like you liked his solution a lot, or you, this person actually give you some code reviews or whatever, some, any kind of intersection. So when you next time get into your activity feed, we can propose you, maybe you want to follow this guy since you have so many common interests. So yeah. 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 Very cool. You also have levels like, um, reminds me of playing the muds way back when level one to 20 and, and there's just a few people are 20 that's cool switch gears from the Chekayo puzzle story for just a, a moment the other thing that you can do in addition to solving these puzzles in this mist like sort of visit the island style is there's more of a tower defense world of warcraft type of game that you've also created that has to do with code why don't you tell people about that so about a year ago maybe more we created one more game, Empire of Code. So the idea of this, this game was what can happen on intersection, some popular game like Tower Defense, like Clash of Clans. So we used Clash of Clans or Boom Beach as the game-based game part of this and add coding there. And what kind of game we can create? What can it be? So we start working and this is what happens. So Empire of Code is intersection or you can say it's mixing of game strategy, like coding, like a boom beach and coding. So, so when you get started out, you, you have, you know, like a base and you can build attack type units, like uh, people yeah. and whatnot and defensive ones, like a little uh, turrets and whatnot, like a standard tower defense game. But yeah. then how does coding fit into this? This is a good question. One of the idea behind Empire of Code is that you actually can play this game even without coding. So you should somehow knew how to code in order to progress in the game. In Empire of Code, you don't need. 
you just play the game as long as you want. But eventually, some puzzles can pop up and tell you, okay, you can improve this building if you solve this puzzle. You may not, but if you solve this puzzle, this building that produces resources for your troops can produce more effect- in a more efficient way. So you might, okay, good to know. I'll get back to it later, or maybe you can start right away. So this is one part where coding actually can be used. And another part of the game is that actually in order to control your troops in the game, you should do, you should do coding. So only coding, you can control your troops on the battle. So I say it again, you can control your troops in the battle by, by code. So you can say, Okay, this can go at that point and then attack this tower by reading a code. But in the same time, we give you some basic strategy that you can use without coding. So use whatever strategy you want. And the awesomest part of this, the whole game, is that the whole game is the competition between two forces, Python and JavaScript. So right after you finish the tutorial, you should choose which side you want to join. If you join the Python side, you can conquer Python bases. You can only conquer JavaScript bases. And if you choose JavaScript side, you can only conquer Python, Python bases and steal resources from that basis. So it's pretty fun as well. That's really awesome. So these puzzles you solve around like your buildings and structures and whatnot, is that a little bit like letting you mod the game? Like you can change the behavior of the thing or is it more just like you solve the puzzles and, and it gets more power? Do you know what I mean? Like could I write an algorithm that would change the way like say a tower works as part of yes. like improving it or do I just like solve a puzzle and then the tower goes up a level or something? Thank you for this question. Actually for towers that defend your base, there are actually two kind of puzzles. The first kind of puzzles is they just, after you solve this puzzle, the tower becomes stronger or it has more health and it's hard to destroy this tower. And another part of this, and another coding part of this tower is you actually can write a strategy as well as like you are creating strategy for your troops on the battle. You can create strategy for your defense tower. So for instance, it can be Okay, if I see a heavy bot running on me and some small bots that also running on me right now, I would like to destroy those small bots first and then I start doing like I start destroying and I start attacking those heavy balls because it's more efficient in that way so you can play this strategy on a defense base on a defense building uh, does it make sense yeah yeah I... that's really cool okay nice yeah and you can um basically when you get into an area you can say uh, attack with this strategy and then you can actually has like a little editor for each strategy right yeah yeah and one of awesome part that i love a lot so do you remember i said that this is actually a competition between two forces, Python and JavaScript. But actually, you can ask your, if you are playing for Python, you can ask your Python fellows that also play in this game, can you test my defense strategy? And they actually play against your strategy, but the difference is nobody, they are not going to lose their troops and you're not going to lose any resources. 
in any cases. So you can use your teammates for testing your strategies, for testing your defense and attack strategy. So oh, yeah, that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, it seems like a fun game. I wasn't able to play it super far into the game, but it's definitely a cool idea. I, I like it. And that's also a web-based game, right? Yeah, it's completely web-based, HTML5. We all want to ship our software faster, respond to user requests quicker, and build an edge on the competition. But the faster you go, the more likely a bug or issue will slip by and cause your users grief. I have the same trade-offs with my TalkPython websites and infrastructure. That's why I use SnapCI. Every time I check in at GitHub, SnapCI springs into action. A clean copy of code is pulled from GitHub, a Python 3 virtual environment is created, all the packages and dependencies are installed, the unit tests are run, Finally, I'm notified in Slack and a menu bar on my Mac about the outcome. That way, I know it's safe to ship a shiny new version of my web app. Ship your software faster with a 30-day free trial at snap.ci slash talkpython. Nice. Can I play it on like a tablet or a phone? Like on the, the browser on them? It's not very adapted for iPhone right now, but we are working on it. It's the most efficient way to play in this game is from your desktop. Yeah. Browser. Yeah, sure. Any browser. Something with a keyboard and a mouse. Cool. So yeah. you haven't brought it up yet because it's you know not super relevant to the audience necessarily, but one of the things you guys did just add, and you, you touched on it here, is you've recently added JavaScript support. Like it used to be just Python for, say, like the Czech IO puzzles, but now you have JavaScript versions as well, right? Yeah, so in Czech we decide not to create a lot of languages at one time. So a lot of coding, puzzles, coding games, or something like that, they're adding many languages in one time. So 20 different languages. You can use any of your favorite languages in order to solve the puzzle. First of all, we were in Python. We tested a lot of different ideas. What is work, what doesn't work. And then later when we figure out, okay, we have pretty solid ideas and we can replicate it. The next language to try for us become a JavaScript. So we decided to start growing the JavaScript community. Since JavaScript become more and more popular, there are a lot of new frameworks, new ideas coming out of the JavaScript and there are new fancy way to coding JavaScript like React and so on and so on. So we decided to create something for JavaScript community as well since we're all coding JavaScript somehow and want to learn how to do it in a more efficient way. So we just recently released JavaScript Checkio for JavaScript players. So the Checkio become a portal between Python coders and between Python Checkio and JavaScript Checkio. But every portal is still independent. So in Python, we're talking only about Python. All the solutions only all, only about Python. And in JavaScript, it's also independent. So, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, very, very cool. So if you're into JavaScript, also, I'll do something here for you. Nice. Now, one of the things I like when I go to a mission is... If I go there, it has like a, a summary description, then a button to solve it, and that that's cool. 
but it also has a GitHub link at the bottom to the actual problem, the verification and everything. And they're stored in various places, but one of the places that has a whole bunch of them is github.com slash checkio-missions. And you guys have many, many pages of the solutions and the starter code because often you start with starter code and little tests and whatnot. I think that's a really cool touch that each one of these missions or puzzles, rather, you can go and see the code for. Yeah, so what we decided is we decided to open source those puzzles. And there are some reasons for that. First of all, while we're creating some puzzles, we often make some mistakes, like we forgot to add some tests. And after you go through the solution, you think, okay, this is, uh, this is the wrong solution. It shouldn't work. And you go to a mission repository and see, okay, they don't have this test and they should have. And you create a pull request to us that explains you guys should add this test. And we add this new test for this mission and test all the solutions once again. So one of the reason is so the community can improve our mission. Yeah, I think if you're looking at a problem and you're like, oh, but it's not testing this and this person who says they have a solution, it's not really the right solution, that can be frustrating. And so you could just go do a GitHub pull request to go, I'm at another test, <laughs> right? Something like yeah. this. Yeah, that's cool. Also, what we allows our community is to provide a translation for a mission. So actually you can, each mission has up to seven different languages. So you can choose which language you want to read this particular mission. And we have a lot of Chinese translation, Russian, of course, Ukrainian, Spanish, and German. So a lot of people can just commit a new translation just from GitHub. They just go and create a new pull request with with new translation. And we just merge this pull request and check a have one more new translation. This particular mission have one more new translation. And for instance, if I'm native Russian and Ukrainian speaker, I can see translation, Russian translation. Okay, this is not correct. And go and make a pull request in this translation and make this translation even better. So, yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. And also, in an additional way, additional thing that you can actually improve in Chekayo is that we actually have a set of hints for some mission. So if you're stuck in a solving mission, we have a set of hints and that allows you with small pushes that can get you in the right way by doing this small push like, okay, maybe you should try to Google this thing. Maybe what do you think if we, here's the link, on a Python tutorial, maybe you can find something here. So those small pushes, we call hints. And you can do a pull request and give us some hints for this mission. That's really cool. Okay. Can I create my own mission? Like if if I want to add a mission to the scientific expedition island, how do I do that? We have a set of tools for mission creators. And actually, there are a lot of missions that was created by other users who has an idea. Sometimes users can just send me an email. I have an awesome idea, but I don't have time to create it. Can you create it? Yes, of course, we can create this mission for you. But sometimes users just create those missions by themselves. And if you find in a mission at the right panel of the mission, there are 
uh, page with author name on this page. So each mission has their own author who created that, yeah. who actually created this mission. Yeah, that's cool. I saw that. Is, is there a criteria for taking a mission or not? Like if somebody makes a mission and it's basically the same as another, would you say thanks, but, but no? Or, or like what, what do you look for when somebody comes with an idea? We have some procedure in order to accept this mission to check a map. So every person who created this mission, he should submit this mission first and um, I would say on a forum, in some specific section of the forum, and where experienced players who played a lot in Checker, they, first of all, those group of people, they are mainly for testing those... Those candidate missions or, or whatever, candidate puzzles. Yes. Yeah. And almost all the time, they can propose some changes. The mission definition, puzzle definition is wrong, or maybe some tests are missed or whatever. There are some various there. So they are starting to discuss. So those mission after, he is taking part in the actually mission discussion. And after this, we have pretty solid mission. After that, our team member can improve this mission as well. For instance, we can add some animation part in this part or try it panel. Or maybe our designers want to create illustration for this mission. So we also take part in the mission creation. And after that, we put this mission on the island. And if you subscribe on um, Checker newsletter, you will get uh, a news that we have some new missions coming out and you can be the first one who tried and play this mission. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. Uh-huh, that, that sounds really great. That, and I like that you add a- illustrations and stuff and kind of make it feel more part of the, the thing once they, they add it. Thanks. We have very cool and very passionate designers team. Yeah. The designers definitely are, are doing nice work there. Like I said, the, the, the overall view of the islands is it's just totally beautiful. It's, it's great. So I want to touch on two things really quickly before we, oh, maybe three, before we call it a show. And so one of the ones I wanted to ask you about is you said there's something like a check IO classroom or something like that. What's the story there? Yeah, as I mentioned before, there are some, uh, there are a lot of university and some classes and teachers who are using Checkio as an additional material. So you know, guys, just take this site and you use whatever you want to use and just improve your skills there. So we want to help those teachers in their class. We give them an additional functionality. We give them more hands-on on Checker. So if you are a teacher who is actually teaching class, you can put all your students in Checkio and they will be in some group. And while they're exploring the world, while they're solving puzzles, they can interact with each other. So those activity page that you saw, the whole activity become the class activity and you see activity of each class member. If you solve some puzzle, First, you see solution of your classmates, and then you can go and check solution of other checker users. And uh, what else we have? We have this progress page. So in this progress page, you can actually in one page, you can see all the missions that your class solved and all the students, and you can see all the intersection who solved 
each mission and you can go and see solutions that were shared by this particular person. So what actually Classroom is doing is just give some, we don't want to change Checker for Classrooms, but we want to give more power to teachers so they can keep their class together. Yeah, that's really, really nice. And if you go into one of the pages, like your profile page that has a footer, there's a class manager at the bottom and it looks really easy. So let me give you a few scenarios and you tell me if this makes sense or not. So one thing that I could do is I could create a class and the class could be talk Python listeners. And like everyone who listens to the podcast, could they like be in a class and like go through it together and share ideas as a group? Actually, yes, actually, yes. So there are, if you are creating a class, you have two options. First option, you can simply put all the emails that you think you want to add in this class in the specific text field and then put some message out there and just send it out. This is the first option. And the second option, you can just, we just provide you with the link. And this link has a page of your class. And some button be- below that actually tells, like, I want to join to this class. The only thing that you should done after join, you as a class creator should go and approve this joining, right? I see. And after that, you can have the whole class just for your podcast listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah. Also, like for some of my online courses, maybe I'll see if I can create a class. <laughs> I'll look into it. That's very cool. Thanks. Yeah. I will create additional video tutorial that I will explain all the features and I will share it on Checkio so you can go there and see how exactly it works and how you can use it. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and I'll, I'll try to link to that if uh, the timing lines up. Cool. So that's one thing I wanted to cover. The other is, can you give us a look behind the scenes at the technology involved? Like, are you using Django? Are you using Docker? Like, how's Python in the back end working? Like, those kinds of things. Yeah, I would love to. So we are using Django for web part, also for running uh, coding solutions, running user solutions. We're using Twisted and we're using Docker for, yeah. So every mission can is covered in Docker container and running in the Docker container. And all these runs and all the, those runnings are actually managed by Twisted server. And that's cool. Is that also for um, Empire of Code? Yeah, the, the same kind of things actually working for Empire of Code, but we make it a little bit different for Empire of Code. We actually, every mission is actually Docker container, and for every mission we have somehow prepared the docking contra- container before the run, and it's actually a little bit more efficient. I'm not sure. I think this part may be too much detailed. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to go into too much of the details, but I saw like it will take a few moments for us to deploy your your army to this asteroid. I'm thinking, oh, is that a Docker container? Because it's running like your code strategy yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of complaints from users. Why don't you like? Why don't you show me progressively how my army is going? Yeah, we are actually <laughs> running all the code and then show you the result. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we're getting pretty much out of time, so I think maybe we'll leave it there. But Alex, this has been a super interesting look where Check.io came from and, and where it's going. So thanks for that. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me here. It was great 
It was a big pleasure for me to share all the ideas. You're welcome. Now, before I let you go, I have two questions I always ask my guests. The first one is, okay. I just checked, there are, if I look at pypi.io, which is the shiny new Python package index, it still, it says it's in beta, but the backing data store is the production data store. So you might as well use the pretty one. If you look there, there's 88,000 plus packages today which is amazing. Awesome. <laughs> it's so amazing, right? And of those, there's tons that you're exposed to that people maybe don't know about. Is there a favorite one? You're like, hey, everyone should know about this, but they probably haven't heard of it. I think everybody heard about Django. So I think this is my favorite package that I'm using a lot. So yeah, Django is one of my favorite. And I don't have any fancy one that I think everybody should use. Yeah, all right. So, Django, check it out. Very cool. And if you're <laughs> going to write Python code and it's not in your online editor, what, what editor do you open up? I'm using PyCharm. This is definitely one of my favorite code editor. Yeah, I, I love PyCharm, too. I use it for almost all my Python work. And it's one of those things that you kind of have to take a moment and learn. But as you learn more features, they add up. You're just like, okay, I have to use this thing. <laughs> It's very cool. And I think it's awesome that they're partnering with you. So well done, JetBrains guys. That's great. Yeah, thanks. All right, Alex. It's been a fun conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me here. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of Talk Python to Me. Today's guest has been Alexander Leibach. And this episode has been sponsored by Hired and SnapCI. Thank you both for supporting the show. Hired wants to help you find your next big thing. Visit Hired.com slash TalkPython to me to get five or more offers with salary and equity presented right up front and a special listener signing bonus of $2,000. SnapCI is modern continuous integration and delivery. Build, test, and deploy your code directly from GitHub, all in your browser with debugging, Docker, and parallels included. Try them for free at snap.ci slash TalkPython. Are you or a colleague trying to learn Python? Have you tried books and videos that just left you bored by covering topics point by point? Well, check out my online course, Python Jumpstart by Building 10 Apps at talkpython.fm course to experience a more engaging way to learn Python. And if you're looking for something a little more advanced, try my Write Pythonic Code course at talkpython.fm pythonic. You can find the links from this episode at talkpython.fm episodes show 75. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Open your favorite podcatcher and search for Python. We should be right at the top. You can also find the iTunes feed at slash iTunes, Google Play feed at slash play, and direct RSS feed at slash RSS on talkpython.fm. Our theme music is Developers, Developers, Developers by Corey Smith, who goes by Smix. Corey just recently started selling his tracks on iTunes, so I recommend you check it out at talkpython.fm slash music. You can browse his tracks he has for sale on iTunes and listen to the full-length version of the theme song. This is your host, Michael Kennedy. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Smix, let's get out of here. Stating with my voice, there's no norm that I can feel within. Haven't been sleeping, I've been using lots of rest. I'll pass the mic back to who rocked it best.